gentlemen welcome to episode 11 of one before i die bills coming in hot off a of bye sabers in, mi- in mid-season form almost we're, we're rolling through we got a big loaded episode coming at you obviously as we talked about last week uh the nhl is in full swing now so we're gonna be talking sabers and bills this episode as we will in the you know future from now that the seasons are rolling on uh but the bills coming off a of bye so we played the dolphins today uh i guess yesterday you're listening to this on monday and it was an interesting game. It was a weird game. Back to victory Monday. Feels good to go 5-1, and one and a win's a win. We'll take it any way we can get it. Um, not going to complain there. But let's not, you know, let's call a spade a spade here. It was a little bit of an ugly first half. Maybe a little bit it would be an understatement. Um, I mean, we're going to dive right into it, Ethan. How are you doing over there? What were your thoughts on that game? I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a great start. Yeah, I wasn't impressed. I was mad for most of the game. 5-1... I mean, you, you got to take it as a Bills fan, but it's going to be, you know, begging the question, are we actually good or not? Um, and I think this game didn't give me anything to say that we're – I don't think we improved at all from today. And uh, some of our worst, you know, things that we've been dogging on all season looked even worse today, so that's kind of tough. Yeah, I mean, we didn't look good. I don't know if it was because we're coming off a bye and we're just trying to get back in the role of things, but usually, I don't, I don't know, it's usually extra rest. Usually you, you got to come off hot off the bye, uh, especially against a weaker opponent like that. The Dolphins, you know, obviously are a very bad team. It's a great team, I feel like, to come back into off a bye. You feel like you can just get, you know, get your feet wet and, and get back in the groove. And our offense, and I kind of predicted this going into the game that, I, I had a feeling that it was just going to be closer than people thought. I thought people, the general consensus was that we we're going to get in here and just blow them out. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if Fitzpatrick's playing, whatever. I didn't like the game going into it. Fitzpatrick scares me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. And I was kind of right. It was a close game. And it, you know, it, it was one of those games where I, I never felt like even when we were down at half, I, I still thought we were going to win. And I never really felt very you know, scared by the dolphins or intimidated or, you know, a little bit nervous really, but it was, it was a weird game and, you know, going down at halftime against a bad team like that was a just terrible, terrible way. And our offense still doesn't look good against a bad, de- a bad defensive team. So, I mean, still the same concerns that I used to have on this team are kind of still there with me. Yeah. Especially Josh Allen in the first half was uninspiring. Um, you know, he had a couple of good drives, but I mean, the red, once you get in the red zone, they just stalled. Um, I thought the first, uh, 
forgot it was the first or second red zone drive when we settled for a field goal. Uh, I hated the play calling. It was on third and one, I think, when we should, you know, that one that we got stopped on third and one. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I hated that. Like, I wanted us to go for it there. I I thought, you know, you're playing the Dolphins, you're at home, put your foot in the ground and just knock them out early. Yeah, and we definitely didn't do that. And I wanted to bring up, obviously, we've been praising, high praise of the defense the whole entire year so far. Um, They didn't look as dominant as they usually do. And, you know, with that being said, they did kind of save the game and take over. Uh, that was kind of the momentum, momentum shift of the game was Trey White's interception. Because I, I believe we were we were down at that point, right? When they were down the red zone. Threat. Yeah, that, that, was, that was, was their first. Yeah, that was their um, opening drive, right? They yeah, had like I think, a seven-minute drive. The, yeah, I think that was the opening drive of their, their second half first drive. And, you know, they go down and and that we kind of got lucky on the one where, you know, Fitzpatrick mishandles a snap. Jordan Phillips got in the background. First of all, Jordan Phillips, great play. But, dude, you got to, like, go for the ball. That was a clear fumble. Um, but anyway, so that, that kind of sets them back a little bit. And then Trey White, huge interception. It was just the momentum shift of the game. And if they score there, I mean, down 21-9 or even if they get, like, a field goal or down 17-9, that's not good especially the way our offense plays. And luckily that was able to, you know, we get that interception and then we had a 98 yard drive, which is actually nice by the offense capped off by a John Brown touchdown who also had another great game. But I think it was evident that the defense missed Matt Milano heavily. Uh, I didn't, you know, that's kind of one of the concerns about the defense, I guess, is that we're a little short staffed on the linebacker area and not a lot of depth there. So if we, you know, have a guy go down like Milano did, um, who, who was filling in for him today? That Alexander guy? Yeah, Maurice Alexander, he's actually a safety that converted to play linebacker. Right. So, and he didn't look very good. And it was evident that we were missing something in the, in the middle there against the run, especially. So, I don't know, maybe he's making a bigger deal as one guy than we think. Hopefully he gets back. And it was, it was nice that we had the bye because I think everybody else except for him that, you know, we had injury concerns about was back. Singletary was back. The offensive line was back and healthy. Ford and Aseki were back in there. So that was, that was nice to see. And I guess the offense did get it going a little bit in the second half, but I think it was just piggybacked off of our defense and our defense making plays, you know, then Trey White forces a fumble. So I think we're still riding our defense heavy as we expected and that's how we got to, you know, go forward, moving, moving forward, winning football games. Yeah, the D stepped up. Trey Wright with the big interception, like you said, it was a turning point. If they, because um, that, that was also the same drive where they faked the field goal on fourth down and they got it, you know, and they direct snapped it to the snapper and he got up and ran for it. Yeah. Um, to the holder. That, that was a crazy play call. Um, but you got to be ready for that. I, you know, I thought that was kind of a really dicey play call by the Dolphins, but I kind of respected it because, you know, they're 0-5. They don't have anything to, you know, play for, really. They're going for it. Yeah, but, and I and I, and I I at first thought, you know, they're just going to go for it straight up, and then they line up for the field goal. So, you know, you kind of got to be expecting that, I guess, a little bit. Just like you said, they had nothing really to lose. And it was a little – obviously, it was a little shocking, but, I mean, I was expecting yeah. to just go for it, you know, off a normal play. So we were already down um, – what, 14 to nine, right? At half. So yep. we we're already down five points. So that was a big turning point once they got that, right? Because if they're kicking a field goal, it's still going to be a one score game. Now they got a first down inside the five yard line. And like you said, great play by Jordan Phillips, you know, setting the tone, knocking him back. And then awesome interception by Trey White. Um, huge momentum swing because we were looking at if they scored a touchdown there being down 12, you know, with 
seven minutes ago in the third quarter. That would have kept, that would have honestly got me a little nervous, you know, being down a two score game that late in the game to the dolphins. So huge momentum shift there by Trey white, Josh Allen, great drive to respond there and cap off with a nice pass to John Brown. That was kind of a nice redeeming um, touchdown drive there. And then, you know, I love the go for two there. You got to go for two in that situation. You'd be dumb not to, but I love the play call and I loved Allen. I love those direct sweeps to Allen. I think they're kind of underrated. Yeah. It seems like they've been doing a lot, a lot of those this year too. And I mean, we know Allen, he's an athletic guy. That's, that's one of his things that we like about him is he can get out and run it and do direct snaps to him. QB draws. And yeah, I like the play call too as well. So we got the two point conversion. So we're up by three. Um, but then I got to, you know, got to bring up my, my favorite thing to talk about, um, the Josh Allen deep throw, another one, Andre Roberts burns his guy. Um, and I don't think he's hit one of those this year. And at some point it's going to come back to bite us. It already did in the, the Patriots game. Um, other than the Patriots game, we still haven't played a great schedule. So, you know, Philly's going to be a big test next week. You can't, you can't miss those throws. I just feel like a broken record saying it, but you got to say it because he can't, he can't hit one. Yeah. It's like, he's not even, it's not like one or two. It's like everyone he throws, he's not even close. I know. You know <laughs> one to Andre, Roberts. Andre Roberts was so open. That would have been nail in the coffins, send him home. And he misses him by like five to 10 yards. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was an overall like weird game, I guess. Like, like we were texting back and forth. You said it was a weird game just because I think we both knew, like, even though we were down at half, uh, like I said earlier, we both didn't feel like we we're going to lose the game. You know, it's a Dolphins team and obviously Fitzpatrick. Well, I, I definitely wasn't like thinking that we were hundred percent going to win either. I just thought it was kind of, I wasn't worried yet. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Like if they scored that touchdown, I would have been worried for sure. Yeah, I mean, if we're down 21-9 there, yeah, it's definitely a bit different story than, the, you know, getting the pick and everything. Um, but I don't know, mo- moving ahead, look, I mean, looking at Philly, like, we, this is a game that I think that, you know, I probably circled as a loss going into the season, and still right now I would say it's up in the air. It's not really one that we'd be expecting to win. Um, you know, from a, you know, we're probably going to be underdog going into the game, even though we're at home. We got, I mean, this would be a huge win, obviously, if we can get a, you know, play a tough opponent and see what we're made of and actually get on the board against a good team. Yeah, it's going to be a good measuring stick game because, you know, all the haters are out right now saying the Bills are kind of frauds. They haven't beaten anybody good yet. I mean, you can only play who's on your schedule, first of all. So, you know, five and one is five and one, no matter how you slice it. But this is going to be definitely a game that we look at where it's like, okay, if we win this game, then we're going to, you know, then I think it kind of, you know, shuts those people up a little bit because the Eagles, you know, they've had a rough up and down season, but they're a team with a good quarter, good young quarterback, you overrated, know, overrated though. I think they're overrated. I think once isn't that good. I'm not, a, I'm not an Eagles guy. I mean, I oh, still think it's going to, you know, team, I think they're a solid team, but overrated. Well, we're going to see tonight, you know, they're playing Dallas tonight. So this game's going to be telling. I think right now I looked and the spread is uh, one and a half. The Bills are actually favored by one and a half. Oh, they are, the opening line is they're favored? By one and a half, yeah. So that means, you know, since the Bills are home, the Eagles are, you know, they're the better team based on that spread. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, I mean, if I was going to make a line for this game, I was going to say it'd probably be, um, you know, if, if, I, if the Eagles go into Dallas tonight and win, I think the line will probably jump up to Eagles minus three. Um. 
you know, Bills, Bills is the home dogs there. I don't hate that, you know. They're going to get, you know, I think I think the Bills are this team um, where I've said it, I said it to dad when he called me at halftime where, you, you know, the Bills are just going to play to the level of their opponent, right? They're going to always be in the game no matter if they're favored by 17 or underdogs by 17. They'll always be in the game until the end with this team and the defense. Um, but they're just, that's, that's the kind of team they are. They're going to stick around and then they're going to win some ugly ones and they're going to lose some ugly ones. Yeah. It's not going to be pretty with this. Yeah. And that, no, go ahead. Um, I was just gonna say, and it goes like both ways with that. Like you're you're completely right where they have that good of a defense where if they're playing a good opponent or whatever, they're going to be sticking the game. But, but it's like evident today also that it's also the kind of team that we don't have that killer instinct. Like we're playing a, you know, a worse off opponent or not a great team. And I feel like it's going to be close there too. So it goes both ways with the defense that we can keep it close, but we don't have an offense that we can just kill these, you know, smaller and not exactly, you know, as good of opponents. So that, I mean, I just want to chime in with that. Right. So that's why I think, um, I think it's going to be a close game next week, but yeah, I mean, I think it's totally winnable. I'm not saying that the Eagles are that much better than us. Honestly, I think they're kind of the similar team where they don't have similar strengths. Like their, their defense is pretty, you know, suspect. Their, their secondary is very bad that we got to target that. And that, and that, I don't know, like that's going to be something interesting to watch because obviously we've been, you know, grading Allen throughout this whole season, see if he can improve on certain aspects of his game. Uh, you know what, what he's been doing and he's going to be going up against a kind of a weak secondary, see what he can do against them. So I don't know. It's going to be a lot in, in the, it's going to be good to see how he measures up against Carson Wentz too. So it's going to seeing what they each can do. Um, it's going to be good that we're home in this game, get the fans involved. I think it'll be, I think it'll be a rowdy game because Eagles fans travel well. So there'll probably be a good amount of Eagles fans there. I know that you have some buddies in the area that are Philly fans. Um, I know that I grew up with some buddies that are Philly fans. So I think they love getting rowdy. You know, those fans. Yeah. There'll probably be some crazy tailgate videos. I'm thinking this week, especially if the Eagles win tonight, I'm kind of pulling for the Eagles to win. Um, so that they got kind of have like a better national view. So in, you know, if the bills win, it looks better for them. Yeah. Um, and I also want them to be hyped coming into the game and us to be hyped coming into the game, make it a, you know, a nice little marquee matchup to watch next week. Yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be a good one. I, I was supposed to be boots on the ground. Um, we just kind of, we just kind of wait, we just kind of waited too long and prices skyrocketing because the bills are a wagon this year and they're probably going to only go up now. Exactly. So yeah, I'm not going to be boots on the ground there. It's, you know, my bad for that false information. Um, but it, what does, what I'll say this is it does make me nervous that the bills and the Sabres are doing so well right now. <laughs> um, it's, unreal. it's just, it's just the way I look at it. It's like, uh, I mean, Bills fans, we're just like, it's just like a drug, drug addict who basically, you know, he got free, he's off his drugs, he's doing great, but you know, at some point he's just going to revert back and have a relapse. And I feel like that's what we're doing right now. Bills and Sabres are buzzing. And I feel like at some point it's just inevitable that, you know, yeah, it almost feels like it only feels too much, too good to be true. Like I'm optimistic cautiously because we are playing well, but you know, at some point something's bad got to happen for us. <laughs> it's just how it goes. Oh, I, you just know at some point that I just feel like I'm being pranked right now. And I know that I'm being pranked, yeah. but there's nothing I can do about it to like, be like, all right, I, f- I found out like, 
I, I, I know you're not going to prank me now. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. But, like, you know, like there's going to be something that happens, some serious injury, like, I don't know, Eichel goes down for a while or, you know, something, you know, some streak starts happening, you know, where the, you know, some, suddenly the Allen starts turning the ball over four, four times a game again. And we lose like three in a row to the Eagles, Redskins and Browns. Right. Yeah, and it's just funny too, because like the way we're talking about it right now is pretty much like every Buffalo fan too. It's, and it's, it's almost like they can't win in a sense where you go on Twitter nowadays, or you go online and read articles and blogs and it's just, Oh, the Sabres are, you know, five, six, oh, and one or six, one, one, whatever we are, but this, and, but that, and the, you know, the bills are five and one, but you know, we played not a great schedule and, and all, and all that stuff. It's funny that we just, at the end of the day, you know, if you look at the record books, we're five and one and we're six, one and one. And I think we're top in the NHL or at the top. So it's funny. You look at that and you can't seven, one, one, seven, one, one, you can't complain. Right. I mean, if you're just looking at strictly without watching games, just the factual stats of it. But it's, yeah, I mean, October has been fun. You got, yeah, but you got to, I mean, that's also, how, you know, what comes with being a Bills and Sabres fan. You got to stay grounded and you got to remember your past. <laughs> and it sucks sometimes, yeah. but I mean, you got to, you got to be a little bit cautious with it. But I don't know, my overall thoughts on today's game, um, I don't, I don't know. Like I said, it was, it was weird. It was, I think you made a good point about how the bills are going to be playing to their opponent's strength. So that's why I kind of going into it, thought it was going to be close and I was right. Um, credit to me, but especially with Fitzpatrick, especially with Fitzpatrick. And then also my, my other thought was I had just a scary thought going to the today's game that like Fitzpatrick was going to come out hot. Like he did be up at halftime or something. And then like maybe get hurt. And then like Rosen comes in and he like leads them to the victory. So it was like, Oh, that'd be the worst. I mean, like I just had a scary nightmare that Fitzpatrick comes back, haunts us. He goes out with an injury or something. And then the guy that we pass up in the draft beats the guy that we do draft. Right. When he's on the worst team in the league at this point, like that would just be an absolute, I mean, if, if that happened, I would think we'd had to be like living in a simulation or something where we're just put on this earth as a social experiment to see the diehard fans of Buffalo get their hearts ripped out year after year after year. But luckily that didn't happen. And we were able to come out with the win. And we, at the end of the day, Hey, it was a gritty win. It was a grimy win. We didn't look good in the first half, but we're five and one. We're on to Philly, baby. That's all I got to say. Yeah. And I'm, I'm more excited for next week to actually see where we're at as more of a, uh, game that I think will get, get people more excited and, you know, give us more information on this team. This was a, you know, this was a, a market in the books uh, game for you. You got to win it. Right. And if you lose it, it's a season ender. So now we won, we get past it and let's start looking at Philly here. Definitely. And then moving on to, as we just said, another team that we're uh, cautiously optimistic about is obviously the Sabres. Let's get into talking a little bit Sabres. Um, uh, last week before when we were recording, we kind of, you know, we sent it off right before they went off to the West coast. They had one game against Dallas at home and then they went off to the West coast for their little tour over there at the beginning of the season. And, um, we previewed that, but I mean, the Sabres are, they're still, they're still doing their thing. They're still on the right track. They're kind of picked up right where they were left off when we were talking about them last week, they ended up getting that win against Dallas. You predicted that you, you thought they were going to lo- lose that one, but they came back high and, and won four nothing. Um, and then Wednesday, I obviously played Anaheim, which was a. I want to talk about that game because that was a weird. That one, that game pissed me off. We we lost that one five to two, first loss in regulation of the year. Thursday night, we played the Kings, which also 
this is why I, you know, I'm thinking in my head, it's just, I don't know how long we can sustain this guy. Cause that game, we got our shot like 50 to 20 and we won three, nothing. So I, that's not sustainable. And then obviously Saturday night, last night or two nights ago, um, we beat the sharks four to three. So coming, coming back from the West coast trip, winning two out of the three games in California. I mean, I'll take that. I think you said going in that you want four out of the six points and that's what we did. Yeah. I asked and they delivered. So that's all you got to start with there. Um, Nice surprising win against Dallas. Seemed like we always lose to Dallas. So they shut me up with that four nothing victory. But yeah, like you said, the Anaheim game was the one that I think really stuck out to me in that trip, even though it was the one loss, uh, especially because they started, you get up two to nothing, beautiful goal by Eichel, taking it end to end, great defensive play on the boards. And then literally just manhandles the defense and, um, shields him away and then pulls it to his forehand, tucks it right behind Gibson. Unreal Stick goal. goal. Yeah, unreal goal. goal. And then you get the power play going. Uh, Reinhardt with a sick feed to Olofsson, up to nothing, playing a great thir- uh, first period. I think we scored with third, three minutes left or something like that in the first. And once we scored that second goal, the Ducks just dominated us until the last buzzer. Exactly what happened. And I think, you know, watching this game, dad and I, we were talking about, I was watching with him. I think there might be a little bit of a formula out there to beating the Sabres. And I don't think it's very hard to do because, and I think what it is, is as soon as we scored that second goal, like you said, they dominated us from, you know, end to end. I think if you get a little bit, I think if you get a little physical with the Sabres and you start roughing them up a little bit, we get off our game. Kind of saw it in the Kings game too. Um, when they have, you know, we're going up against these bigger lineups. We have no one on our team, really. We've been talking about this from the beginning of the season. We don't have any grinder guys, big fighters, even really on the back end. I mean, Colin Miller's a big dude, but he's not really a scrapper. The only guy we have is Bogosian that, that can go out and rough someone up, and he's not even playing. And so I think that one of the, when, once these big physical teams get us going, it just completely puts, off, puts us off our game. Our power play wasn't moving. You could also kind of tell that on the West coast, these teams were super aggressive on the wings against our power play. And we were there forcing Darlene at the point to make plays at the quarterback position of the power play. And he was struggling. I mean, Kruger even took him off the power play against Anaheim and put Colin Miller there for a little bit. So there might be a little bit of a formula that it's out there to beat the Sabres. And I think it's, I think it, you just get physical with them. And I feel like it's going to be hard for us to, to match that intensity and that physicality. And it, and I, and it really, that uh, Ducks game, like you said, it really pissed me off because you're right. They came out so hot, you know, coming from the East first game on the West coast, you might think that they might be a little lazy at first. You might have to get in the groove of things, but it was a complete opposite. So for as good as they played in that first 15 minutes of the game, they played equally as bad for the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, they couldn't. Yeah. I think that was a good point you made about getting roughed up and they can't handle a physical team. Um, they don't have anybody on this lineup to stand up to anybody. Middlestat is small. You can tell that he kind of sh- gets in a shell when people start getting physical with him. Um, I thought that whole line kind of shelled up. Uh, Rodriguez didn't look really good at all in that game. Right. right? He came in for Shiri, Um, and then he got kicked right out of the lineup right after that. Once Shiri's good to go, having Shiri back is nice. I think we missed him. You know, I'm a big Sheary guy. Yeah. We need to get that line going too. It was nice spark that he had, you know, they got that goal and then middle staff finally putting the puck in the net the past few games. If that line can get going, that could be a game changer. And we keep saying it, we keep saying it, but we need a, we need a winger to play with Johansson and Skinner. Um, Cause Saboka's is not it. And it just needs to change. It needs to, hopefully, you know, they can make a move or something. And 
I'm actually rooting for the Devils to keep sucking so we can maybe make a move for Taylor Hall. Yeah, but I was I was looking into that because I texted you about it more. I don't think we could really. I mean, it's a big risk, right? Because he's going to be in the UFA this summer if he doesn't resign. So like a Skinner deal, right? Yeah, but you're going to have to give up a lot more than you had gave up for Skinner. Because you're going to have to probably give up a first round pick. You're probably going to have to give up a player, and you're probably going to have to give up a prospect. Deal. Fire me north for the chance that he doesn't resign. And you got to, and you got to, and you, the money he's going to command is probably going to be, I mean, more than Skinner, maybe another 10 million a year. Listen, 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 listen. You got to do this stuff when you're the Buffalo Sabres. You got to take risks like that. It's been too long where we're not going to be able to, you know, our young guys, they don't always pan out the way they have. I mean, that guys do. Olsen's probably the first guy in a while that we have, we've actually seen come up through the ranks, or I guess obviously besides Eichel and Darlene, but you know, the, these guys, Nylander doesn't pan out. Um, I don't know. You got to make these big moves. If you're a Sabres team playing in upstate New York and Buffalo, I don't care. Obviously it's a huge risk, but I, I would, I would do that deal if I'm going to get a big fish like Taylor Hall in there um, on my team. And I think that would be, if, if they had Taylor Hall in that lineup or someone of his caliber, whatever you got to risk to do, get someone like that. I think they're right in the mix for a deep playoff run. Yeah, but I mean, you're, I don't know. I, I think that's a dumb trade unless you can re-sign them because that means you're banking on winning this year, right? Because you're giving up basically four players. You're, you're trading for Taylor Hall and then not getting him back. So you don't, don't, but you don't think that you could – I don't know. You don't think that they would – they could you know, re-sign him? You don't think that would happen? I would – no. I, I, I think that he's kind of going to be like a Panarin where he wants to play for a certain – you know, three teams that he has in his mind and he's going to go there. All right. I mean, that's interesting. I guess I, I still think we need to do something like that. And I think that the Sabres, if we're going to have success, Stephen playoff runs, that's how we're going to do it with big risky moves like that. Uh, you know, you got to gamble sometimes, but now if you could get him on a sign and trade, I'm down to do that all day. Yeah. Then, then you also got to think about though, going to next year, you're going to have to sign a lot of guys. Um, you're going to have to sign Reinhardt. You're going to have to sign middle stat. Um, and you're going to probably want to extend Darlene because he's going to be gone um, up for a contract the next year, even though you don't really have to. Yeah, no, those, those are good points. I, I see what you're saying. Um, but anyway, then, then this, this game against the Kings, so moving on this West Coast trip, that was also like a super frustrating game. And, dude, these Sabres games after dark are so brutal for me over here on the East Coast, too. It's just like mm-hmm. ending at like 1 o'clock. just want to throw that in there. So it's, it's brutal. Um, Anyway, that Kings game, we got outshot, I think, 47 and 20 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's crazy. We went 3 nothing, but I mean, I went to bed. It was halfway through the third period. We were up 3 nothing, and I, and I was like, all right, I'm going to bed because I cannot watch this anymore because of how bad we were playing. It's, I, I've never seen a team play so bad and be up 3 nothing or have that commanding of a lead. That's like being up like 21 nothing in a football game. Um, it's just like, it was like so weird. I was like, it's late. We're playing like crap. I'm going to go to bed. If we blow this game, I'm not surprised to be honest. Cause we were playing that bad Hutton standing on his head and back-to-back shutouts. And then, you know, he doesn't even get the nod against San Jose Saturday night, which is also something that I, I don't know if I agree with. And I mean, your boy, I mean, it worked out. I know it worked out, but you got to ride Hutton. No, I know. But I mean, he, he, he saw something. Maybe you got to, you got to tip your cap and he's not afraid to switch the goalie up. I kind of, you know, Kruger's kind of just, He's keeping me. He's keeping me shut up, man. Because I mean, I question a lot of his things. But when you're winning, you can't really question. 
you know, you kind of look like the idiot, you know? No, I, I agree. But do you think this, you know, this way of winning sustainable? I mean, like I just said, we were, we're getting out. I look back at our games and, uh, and I mean, until we start losing, you can't really say anything, you know, No, but you you can, because we were, we won 10 games in a row last year. And then we went on a, we went on a stint. I mean, you can, you can definitely question it, but it happens all the time that teams go on runs and it could just be another one of those. I'm just, like I said, you got to remember your past here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. I, I agree. I'm number one in remembering the past. Um, yeah, I'm still not convinced, but it's, it's nice seeing that he can throw either goalie in there and they seem like they're going to give you a good, a good solid game. I mean, goaltending has been pretty underrated this year. Um, you know, we, I think both of us went into the season with not, you know, super high hopes on either goalie. Um, I came in saying that this is a prove it year for Allmark because if he's the young guy that we drafted, that we brought up, you know, through the minors and he's a big goalie, um, he's got to make the next step. But I mean, Hutton, man, you can't, you can't sit him. He's just, he's been unreal. Two shutouts in a row. It's going to be interesting to see who they go with on Tuesday. Cause both goalies are going to be pretty well rested, you know, have two days in between to get ready for this one. So it's, I think it's probably going to be Hutton if I had to take a guess right now. Uh, what I, do you think? I, yeah, I would like Hutton. And I think also that would be a good move by Kruger just because like, I, I mean, I think it should, First of all, like I said, I think it should have been Kruger or uh, Hutton Saturday night. But not just that. I mean, obviously, our game is against San Jose again. So if you even throw another goalie in there who's also hot, like you just said, it's a different look for the Sharks team. So, you know, you're, they're going up against a different goalie. And, you know, that could, they don't have all marks yeah, or anything. So, I mean, I, I go with Hutton regardless there. But I think that's another little tidbit that, that helps out. Um, so what's the look ahead for the Sabres schedule here? Or do we want to talk about um – Let's talk about the Sharks game first. Well, I, I, I was going to say something. I forgot what it was. But, um, yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't catch too much of the Sharks game, to be honest. I was watching it at bar. But, I don't know, give me your take on it. It was definitely an exciting game from, I mean, what I yeah, saw. Yeah, I watched, I, watched, I watched most of the game. Um, it was a really good hockey game, an entertaining game. Uh, Sabres took the, the 1-0 lead on a beautiful uh, little snapshot from Marcus Johansson. Um, great play by Yoki Haru to, you know, carry it into the zone and, you know, dish it off to him and then an unreal shot. Um, they, you know, they played, they played a really solid defensive game in that first period. They, uh, limited the shark shots. I believe the sharks only had, uh, like four to six shots that first period and Sabres outshot them, I think 11 to six or something, 11 to five. So solid first period for the Sabres, even though it wasn't flashy, but they did all the little things, right. They played great in their D zone, super responsible. They back checked really nice. And then they got a nice goal from Mojo. Um, second period, you know, they, they stuck to their game, but, um, you know, both teams were getting chances. Goalies were playing great. Uh, and then the Sabres on the power play, you know, comes again. Or, no, I don't believe this one was on the power play. The nice tip by uh, Middlestat. Where oh, they, dude, that was sick. Yeah. Barnizzi. Yeah. They called it off. No goal on uh, originally. Reviewed it. Stick was definitely under the crossbar. Uh, that's what I like. You know, those are the goals that you love to see out of Middlestat. Um, you know, that's the, that's what he's been advertised as sick hand to eye. Um, he had a couple other nice goals, uh, against LA, I believe. Yeah. He had the, uh, that, I think that whole line had the, go- the three goals that game. Yeah. Sure. He had one too. Yeah. But, um, going back to that, that, uh, middle set goal, 
That was actually a very nice play by VC too. He he carried that into the zone, was on the right wall. He yeah, he up. stole it in the neutral zone originally too. Yep, pulled up, shielded his uh, the guy from the puck, and kind of made, created his own space to get it back to Yoki Haru for that one timer shot. Um, so you like you like to see that. Like I, I'll say it again, got to get that line going. I think that if that can be a big factor, because obviously the other line, that other fourth line with the post, so Larson Gergens has been pretty solid. So I mean, and that's Kruger's philosophy is roll all roll all four team effort so if that line can get going the other lines are playing pretty well that's huge because they're going to get a lot of ice time like i just said um i did remember what i wanted to say the other thing when we were talking about goalies um the sabers just assigned ukapeka lukanen to the amerks so he's probably going to start getting some reps there i'm juiced up for this kid i think he is going to be the next sabers goalie for long term um obviously if you got you know hunting all mark and they're playing the way they have, if they can sustain this, then it might just be someone else that you have for trade bait too. So you got to look at that. It's never a bad thing to have a lot of good goalies, but I think this Ukapeka Lukanen kid is legit. And I think that he is going to be, you know, in the next year or so, he's going to be the Sabres goaltender. I think he's going to have a really, really good career. That's my, that's my take on him. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. So is he going to, I assume he's probably going to be a starter for the Amherst now. I don't even know who. Yeah, I don't. I didn't. I didn't read too much into it. I just saw a notification that he's on on the team now. Yeah, so I might have to get over to a few games and check check out his game, huh? Yeah, get a little scouting report in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but going on to that Sharks game, the third period was back and forth. You know, a couple bounces for the Sharks. Um, a cu- you know nice response from Skinner after the Sharks tied it up. Um, and then it was tough because they tied it back up 20 seconds later or so. But, you know, Sabres, uh, great road game from them. They never quit, played great defensively in the D zone. And then, like you said, the second secondary scoring chipped in again with Gergensen getting the fourth goal for the Sabres to put them up for good, four to three on a great – I wanted to – I really wanted to talk about that sequence on that fourth goal. Um, you know, dumps the puck in Larson with a great forecheck on, um, Eric Carlson to force the turnover to, um, or sorry, Oposo with the forecheck to force the turnover to Larson throws it at the net and then it hits Oposo and then Gergensen finds the, you know, the loose change and buries it. But that was just a great sequence by the fourth line, unreal forecheck by Oposo. Um, they've been, you know, my first star so far in the, uh, the Sabres opening run. You know, I think that line is super underappreciated and they seem to never be on the ice when the other team scores either. Yeah. It, it's kind of funny. They have been playing well, so you credit to them, but it's just kind of funny. Like, like all three of those guys are liabilities by themselves, I feel like, but then you put them together and all of a sudden they're just like, yeah, but that, that goal is like hilarious. Like just like a post. So like, like, you know, like Sabres fans has given him like not a great, you know, we're not great to him since he's been here. And he just like, it's just like a hilarious goal that they had just like shoots. He can't get out of his own way sometimes just like blocking shots for the other team. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, we had a bearing it off it, but uh, no, that's funny. Um, I will say this though. Uh, it's nice to see the Sabres go out to a West coast trip and not really, you know, it was the first like trip of the year. Um, a lot of the times you see Sabres go on these trips uh, to the West coast or whatever, and they kind of get in a, a little rut and it was nice to see a valiant effort, every night obviously the anaheim game was a little rough but to come out hot and take two out of the three games out there it's impressive it's just that mentality i think that kruger brings with him is just 
a, t- a good team effort every night. I think they really play for him. I think they, I think they like him, and it seems like the effort that is there every night. You know, it, they're right. always, they're always in the game or something. Um, like I said, obviously that Anaheim game got a little dicey and got a little away from us. But other than that, they to, to go out to the West and take two out of the three. It's nice coming back home, and hopefully we can keep it going. Um, but I, but I do hope that we can. I don't know if we have to cha- change something up in the lineup or something. But if if we start getting played physically physical against um bigger teams and, and things like that i don't know i don't think i think it throws uh, throws us off our game big time i think our power play gets a little shaky too so that's something to look out for it's just put that up in the tickler file because i think that's something to look out for in the future keep an eye on that one yeah keep an eye on that one um anyway so do we want to look ahead then now so yeah that's, that's what we got coming up yeah so coming up um obviously for the bills next week philly but for sabers wise we got the Sharks back on Tuesday, so it's a home and home. Wait, the Philly, the Philly game is a one o'clock game, right? Uh, Bills. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yep. Yeah, yeah no prime time for the Bills. Come on now. Um, well, I didn't know if it was a four. <laughs> uh, so Sharks back on Tuesday in, in our barn. So second half of the home and home, and then we got the Rangers on Thursday, and then we got Detroit on Friday, and then we have. Aaron, then we'll be back actually to record our. So we got three games on Monday. Yeah. So Sharks, Rangers, then the Red Wings. Um, I honestly all, don't, all of them at home. No. So Sharks is at home, and then we go play the Rangers, and then we go play Detroit too. So we're back to back away games there. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah, and I honestly don't know. Um, I don't know. I have Detroit and. And the Rangers, how have they been doing so far? I know that the Rangers, obviously, they have a completely revamped team now that they have Panarin and they signed Truba. Um, I'm pretty sure Zabenejad's been buzzing for them, that guy. I, I think he's going to be a stud this year. He already has like five or six talks. Um, yeah, he had a hot start. So they're definitely just like a way, like a different team than they were last year. They got some good players on that team. So um, I don't know. I haven't watched much of them. Uh, I'm looking at their, their uh, record right now. They've played six games and they're two and four. So. Not great. So hopefully we can go in and, and get a dub there. And I don't know. Then the second half of that or the next night on that is a back to back um away game. And so the next one's against Troy. That's always tough going from one city to another one. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes, I guess. But hopefully we can keep it buzzing. Yeah, we gotta take care of business first off against San Jose at home. Um they're gonna be looking for revenge. That got that got chippy, you know, you know, Risto and Kane were going at it a little bit. So, you know, they're another big physical team, as we just talked about. Got to, you know, got to respond. Got to show a little grit against them. Can't back down. Um, so that's going to be another tough one. It's nice that we have a couple of days of rest, especially coming off the long roadie. But taking care of business at home is a number one priority. And then going to MSG, uh, what is that, Thursday? Mm-hmm. Tough place to build, play, you know, the great bright lights of Madison Square Garden. But like you said, this Rangers team isn't the same as last year. They got some new faces in town. They got you know more skill on the ice. Um, it's two and four, so they haven't had a super hot start. But again, it's early in the season still. Um, you know things can change at this you know drop of a hat with this early in the season. A lot of puck to play, um, so can't take them lightly. And then the Red Wings, I just looked, and they're three and five in the first eight games. So. Um, Again, they weren't a team that had a lot of hype coming into the season. Um, if not, you know, less hype than the Sabres. I think they're like a year or two away from the Sabres. Um, so, but we'll see what we'll see what they got in store. Yeah, we got we got to move forward. Hopefully, we can keep keep this rolling. And um, obviously, first 
big game against Philly next week. Keep the Bills on track. Keep the Sabres on track. Um, oh, this is, I, this is what I was going to say. So going into the season, Sabres season, um, you, you said no to playoffs. Does, uh, does your answer change now? No, not yet. So you would still, if I propose the question, do the Sabres make playoffs, you still say no at the hot start? Yeah, correct. Okay, what does I have, what would I have to show you to change that opinion? Just sustain it? Yeah, you got to sustain it. I mean, there's a lot of teams right now, if you look at the playoff picture, that I think are playoff locks that aren't even in a wild card spot. I think like Tampa's not even a wild card spot. Right, so you got you to gotta think that they're going to turn around. Yeah, you got to count for those kind of teams. All right. Um, Way too early. Yeah, no, no, it definitely is. I just didn't know if that, you, you know, your opinion changed at all. That, um, And then one last little thing I'll say before we wrap this up is, because uh, I was just looking at the standings here and looking at a little bit of the stats. One thing that kind of pops out at me that gives me a little bit more optimism is our goal differential. Because I know that last year when we were on that 10-game winning streak, our goal differential was still like around, it was maybe positive a little bit, but it was around even, you know, which... You, that's kind of the first telltale sign that if you're winning games, it's still not going to like, you know, keep going because you're not really outscoring opponents that much. It means you're just kind of winning one goal games, you know, tight ones, but we're plus 13 right now on goal differential. That's, I think the best in the league. So, I mean, uh, Colorado uh, I is plus 14. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that, but we're, we're second at plus 13. That, I don't know. To me, that's kind of a big stat because that just means that that's more of a dominance stat or how you handle your opponents more than just the wins and the losses. It's how big are you winning? And so that jumps out at me. And I, that, that's something to look at that maybe gives me hope that we can sustain it. Um, but other than that, I, I think uh, we touched on all the points. Uh, touched on the Bills game, obviously. Recapping the Sabres, their hot start. So anything else you want to chime in on before we wrap this up? No, I think pretty much wrapped in everything in that we want to talk about. Uh, yeah so um yeah everybody have a great week go bells go sabers and enjoy the victory monday we're back on track and hopefully we keep it on hey panini don't you be a meanie thought you wanted me to go or why you trying to keep me teeny i it's a dreamy wish it on a genie i got fans finally and she wanted them to see me i i thought you want this for my life